Will you please welcome Holland's own Jesse Cabrera. <laughs> I just said he's crazy. Have you ever had like your, you know, your children, they went to college, they're gone, then the holidays come and, you know, they come back home. It's just like it feels good, you know, to see everybody. And I, I don't know why I feel like that kid, maybe because I'm young, but no, I know I'm just playing, but I feel like that kid though. So anyways, hey guys, it is so so good to see everybody again. It's only been a few months, but it's Madi and I just been so excited. I mean, hugging everybody, seeing everybody, everyone just embracing us, and uh, we're just glad to be here for today. Um, also, is there, I'm not going to call you guys out, but is there anybody new and say, man, who are you? Who are you? I can't see you guys, so maybe, okay, so anyways, if you don't know who I am, my name is Jesse Cabrera, and I've had the privilege to, uh, to serve here uh, in the pastoral staff for the last uh, six years. Uh, a few months ago, I just uh, transitioned to Granville, a res life, um, and God's still doing his thing. But my journey started 11 years ago, almost to the day, uh, September 4, 2005. This church was about four months old, maybe. I'm not too sure. About four months old, okay. And I was 19, yeah, 19 years old. So I'm 31 right now, 19, 20 years old. So I'm 31 right now. Why are you laughing, Lucio? He remembers when I was a teenager. That's why I was really good friends with his, with his, uh, his uh, son and daughter. Anyways, uh, his son and daughter is actually the one that, hey, you know, it was a Saturday night, you know, and they had said, hey, Jesse, you want to come to church with us? I'm like, ah. You know, and I just, <laughs> can we just hang out, man? Come on. He's like, no, 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 come with us. So then they started, I started asking questions about the Bible, and they, uh, they shared, out of everything in the Bible, they shared to me about the end times, you know? <laughs> and I can literally say they scared the hell out of me. So, like, literally, like, I'm going to church tomorrow morning. That's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm there, you know? And so, long, 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 long story short, September for 2005, I was sitting in that little area back there, you know, just away from everybody. And uh, I remember there was a message, you know, I don't remember what it was, but I remember God speaking in my heart. And uh, when he was speaking in my heart, they did an altar call. And back then they used to have people come forward. And I remember just my eyes closed in tears and raising my hand. And then they had asked me to come forward. And I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, you know, it's kind of scary. I don't want to do that. But you know what? It was the best thing I ever did. The people here uh, welcomed me. They didn't make me feel like, oh, man. I'm the, and I was the only person right here in this platform right here, or not even on the platform. And I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior yeah. that day. Yeah. That day. One week later, one, this is now September 11, 2005, my girlfriend that I married today, Madi, you guys know Madi, uh, decided to raise her hand on that exact same area, and, we, and just the family just started coming, you know, and, and honestly, we were, a year later, we, we shipped out to Tulsa, and actually, before that, I wanted to get plugged in, I, want, I wanted to do something, you know, and Pastor Sean over here is the first guy I ever met, and he brought me into the zone, I was junior high at the time, actually, it was like fifth and sixth graders at the time, and started working with kids, and one thing led to another. I'm in Bible school. We have, you know, I come back. We have four children. I mean, the, just God, it was good. You know, not, the journey wasn't, you know, easy, but it was amazing, and it was life-giving, and it was growing, and I just encourage everybody uh, to allow God to speak to you. Allow God to move in you guys. So that's my life in a nutshell for those that don't know me. Again, my name is Jesse Cabrera, so all right, I approve this. So anyways. <laughs> 
I'm going to have fun. All right. All right. Hey, do you guys notice that this is the first time I'm actually up here without a youth takeover? So you guys, I'm, I'm talking to you guys. So no more of that 120, you're youth. That's not, we're old. So it's, and it's okay. It is okay. It is okay. Don't be, that is fine. I, I'm getting there too. So, hey, you guys just wrapped up a series, all right, the other day. Uh, last five weeks, you guys were talking uh, about uh, questions from God. Now, even though this message I have is not a part of the series, I, I was really finding out that there is a tie to this message. There, there is uh, some type of tie with, with how this is going to uh, begin. So, again, this is not questions from God, but it is a kind of a standalone deal. And when you look at the message, what I'm about to bring, you look at the questions that God gives you throughout the Bible. That's what you guys were learning the last few weeks. All right? And I want to encourage you guys, when God asks us a question... Okay? In his word, when he asked us a question, he also wants us to learn the answer. And let me emphasize, learn. Everyone say learn. learn. He's not expecting you to do this tomorrow. He's expecting you to start the process of learning those answers so you can follow through with everything. And for instance, in Genesis, uh, you, see, you see man being created. You see uh, the fall of man. Everyone knows Adam and Eve, you know, the serpent, the, the fruit, the forbidden fruit, you know, was eaten. We know that. The question, the very first question after the fall happened and God's coming to Adam and Eve, they hide. And the first question that God says, or asks, I'm sorry, that God asks, he asks this, Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are you? Now, pause for a second. Okay, so he's not playing hide and seek, all right? He's not saying, where are you, you know, Adam and Eve? And who's ever played hide and seek with their kids? Raise your hand or make some noise. I can't see right now. Make some noise. All right. You played hide and seek. It's fun, especially when they're, like, really young. Uh, 2012, I want to say, yep. Uh, Malaya, my five-year-old, was about a year and a half, and it was the first time we ever played uh, uh, hide and seek. She got the concept the first round, so then she was like, well, I want to hide, you know. She was talking at that time. I want to hide. I want to hide. And I'm like, okay, go hide. You know, one, two, three. <laughs> Dad's cheating, whatever. <laughs> but here's the thing. And, and I remember it, we're going and she was hiding. And this is a picture I got caught on this. I don't know if you can see it, but there's Malay. <laughs> if you can't see, her feet is at the bottom of the curtain. She is, she's like a year and a half. She has those chubby feet at the time. But here's the thing. She's hiding thinking that I can't see her. But Dad knows, right? Dad knows exactly where she's at because I'm her father. And in a sense, guys, when, Ad, uh, when God was in, in the Garden of Eden and he was uh, uh, asking Adam and Eve, where are you? He knew where they were at. They kind of were exposed the way that picture was exposed. He knew exactly that they were hiding, that they were in this shame and guilt. But the question, where are you, was really on where are you in your heart? I, I'm not connected with you. We're not eye to eye right now. We're, we're, we're out of sync where are you? That's the type of question he was asking is where are you? Proverbs 21.2 says this. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. You see, when he was in the garden, he was not looking at, you know, what they're doing in, in, the, in the, I guess, natural standpoint. But where are they at in the heart? Because God examines the heart. It is the heart that he's looking at. Nothing else, the heart. And when the heart is right, the rest produces righteousness. The rest wants to, wants to, to serve Jesus. The rest wants to do what God wants to do. And your, your desires turn into his desires because the heart is what he examines. That's what he wants right. And he targets that right away. 
You see, to know God's word, and this is what this whole message is about, is know God's word, all right? To know God's word requires us to approach God's word the right way. Well, what do you mean? I, I read my Bible. Well, there's also an approach and how we, how we go to God's word. Psalms chapter 1 talks a little bit about it. I'm going to read the whole chapter uh, briefly. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates. When? Day and night. He is like a tree, and I want you guys to picture this now. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff. Now picture that. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This passage shows us two ways, two ways to approach God's word, two ways to get to know God's word, okay, or actually just to approach his scriptures. And those two ways are this. He wants you, number one, either you're going to come to God's scriptures, you're going to come to God's word to get to know him, and you're going to, we're going to value it and study it, or we're not. That's the approach and so many times, as, as Jesus followers, as people that love Jesus, we come to the, to the word of God just because it's a responsibility or a duty or a job that we have to do. And that's not what God's saying. He's saying, I need you to approach my word with value and be ready to study it. Because he says, I want you to meditate on my word day and night. And to briefly dissect meditate, it's just to ponder on. It's to take, the page, take what's in the pages, drop it in our minds, and let it sink in our heart. That's what meditate means. None of this own deal. None of that. <laughs> I, I'm going to be real. When I first got saved, I'm like, I meditate. All right, whatever, you know. <laughs> to all be the glory. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I want to do whatever. But that's not what God's saying. When you meditate, it's just taking what's in the pages, putting it in our minds, pondering on it, and letting it sink into our hearts. Let it sink down deep. And when you, uh, The thing is, your approach, guys, is so important when it comes to knowing God's word. It's so important. Going back to that scripture, value is like a tree planted in the stream, is what the Bible says. We just read that, right? Now, I asked you guys to picture it for a second, okay? And if you pictured it, I want you to agree with me on this one, okay? Just no, no obligation. It is an obligation. Agree with me, okay? But when you think of a planted tree in a stream, you think of growth, you think of rooted, you think of watered, you think of produced fruit, you think of it gives a home and a shelter, maybe to the beasts and the birds of the air, and it also gives shade to us. Think about that for a second. It gives us shade on a hot day. You know, I, I picture someone reading a book underneath a tree in the middle of a park. It's life-giving. It is so life-giving. And he says, when you, when you approach my scripture with value, it's like you're coming and you're planted in this, in this stream of water and life is just going to be given to you to the point where you're going to benefit and bless others. You're going to be that, you're going to help me be that comforter to others and, and help me just reach out to others because you are the body of Christ. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. 
But when you approach it with no value, because I just got to read my Bible and I didn't read it today. I, I, I just want, I'm supposed to do this. I'm just supposed to do this. You, you come with it at no value. Now it's just because I have to. And what happens, the scripture says it's like chaff. It's like, tra- and when you think of chaff, it's dry. It's dead. It's useless. It's tossed back and forth by the wind. Sound familiar? Ever think of like a, what are they called? Tumbleweeds? Is that what they call Tumbleweed? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> don't make me look dumb here. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. So. <laughs> All right. But you think about it. You think about, it. you know, chaff is tossed left and right. You know, it's just everywhere. Okay? And so many times, and I'm not, I'm talking to the believers right now. So many times we are tossed back and forth by, by, by the wind that's blowing like chaff, by, by problems, by life, by, by situations and finances and, and health and relationships. Oh, we're tossed back and forth. How are we approaching the scripture? How are we coming to God with value or no value? Just think about it for a second. Now, the question after that, the question is, are we valuing God's word? And I'm not, and hear my heart in this one, guys. I am not, 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 I am not questioning your love for Jesus. That is not what I'm questioning, okay? But what I am saying is that I'm challenging is to analyze or evaluate. There you go. Evaluate yourself, how you approach his word, because that part is going to be uh, the key thing to make you grow, to plant you in that stream, and to give you life. Because here's your warning. The reason why is this. The enemy is going to attack. Scripture says that he is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And it is awesome how Scripture just threw his identity out there and brought it into light. That's the good God. He didn't leave us in the dark on that one. He told us, hey, the devil's here to steal, kill, and destroy. But what we need to do is to counter that attack, and it requires, and when I say requires, that's an action. It requires you to know the scripture, the scripture and the heart of God. So many times we, we, you know, we can quote scripture, we can do things, but when, when, you know, when we're here, but when problems arise, we don't know how to do things. We, 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 we kind of paralyze in fear, and we don't know how to do things. And uh, you think about it, you, you come to the scripture, and the Lord simply wants to equip you, and we're like, yes, I got the armor of God on. I got the armor of God on. I got my sword and my, my shield. And we all know that the sword of spirit is, 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 is the word of God, correct? But some of y'all don't know that you got to build your sword. So we're coming to the devil with this pocket knife sword. Hungard devil! <laughs> right? Hungard devil! Don't worry, safety guys know I brought this. <laughs> Jose's on me right now. <laughs> like it. Here's the unguard devil, you know, and then, you know, these health problems and, 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 and financial problems come up and, you know, uh, relationship problems come up and we just don't know what to do. And the only thing we go to is Jesus wept, baby. Jesus wept, devil. We don't quite. <laughs> Sorry. We don't know the scriptures. That's why. We don't know how to, how to handle it. And God's saying, look, I've equipped you, but it requires you to do something about it. And this is where we're at sometimes. And so what happens is the enemy attacks, and our, we're just kind of backing up, trying to threaten him with this little thing. And what God, the whole time, was saying, I needed you to build and continue on to build by knowing me through my scriptures. And not this. I'll be right back.
But he wanted us. He wanted us to come with this. It's pretty heavy. I brought it the other day, and Josh was like, whoa, dad. He brought his bow staff and his nunchucks. I'm like, dude, we're not playing, man. You guys don't know my son. He's in Taekwondo, so he... I did try to attack him at the cell phone. He's like, yeah, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. But here's the thing. God says this, and it requires us to approach the scriptures with value and to study the word of God. So when the enemy attacks, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No sickness, no disease shall touch me according to your word of God. My daddy, he owns the cat on a thousand hills. My, econ- my, my uh, finances are not uh, according to the Michigan's economy, but to the kingdom of God. And he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and his glory through Christ Jesus. Think about it for a second. None of this Jesus wept stuff. You know, Jesus wept. Yeah, I know. I get it. But God said, hey, I need you to develop. I need you to maintain. I need you to move. I need you to nurture my relationship relationship with you. I need you to take care of me and you because I'm taking care of you. It is a two-way road. It's a two-way road. That's what a relationship is. I mean, I, I I couldn't marry my beautiful wife until I said something to her, you know? By the way, she asked me for the number. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it required me to actually be brave. She's like, Jesse, why didn't you just ask me? And I'm like, I was scared. I'm sorry. <laughs> I only knew Jesus wept. So <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, I promise. Here, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. This is where God wants us at. Okay, it's not sharp. Don't worry. It's heavy, but it's not sharp. But this is where God wants us to be at. He wants us to maintain, nurture our relationship with him. But it requires us to study and to know, to meditate, to take what's on the pages, to drop it in our mind, and to sink it into our heart. So when those times come, and we're not chaff, but we're a planted, rooted tree in a stream, giving shade to others in the midst of a storm. My children, my family, this church, my job. You are that because you are the hands and feet of Christ. That is the answer that God is waiting for. That is the answer he was wanting from Adam and Eve. But now he knows the answer. You can bring it through his son, Jesus Christ, right now. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this. All scripture, everyone say all scripture. All scripture scripture is God breath and is is useful. um, It is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, that's you guys, and that's the women of God too, so that the man of God may be thoroughly, I love that, thoroughly equipped for every good works. That's right, for every good work. So this is what's happening, guys, when you approach the scriptures with value and, and study it. In the process of that, Okay, in the process of you getting in the Bible, God is literally breathing into you. Literally, think about it for a second. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says that God created man. God created uh, 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 the man out of the dust of the earth. He breathed into the nostrils of man, and Adam came alive. It was his breath. 
that brought man alive. And if you go to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 2, it says a violent wind came from heaven into a place. A violent wind. Think about that for a second. A violent wind came to, from heaven to a place where God's people gathered. Okay? And the church was birthed the day of Pentecost. Think about it. Here's the thing. When it comes to breath, when it comes to wind, when it comes to all that stuff, it's God's activity and God wants to move in us. So when we go to his scripture, that breath that we read about and that we were from the Old Testament to the New Testament is that exact same breath that's coming in us and is building up our sword. It is building up us, our hearts and who we are because God wants to move and he wants to move mainly in you and me and all of us because there is a mission here. It is our part, excuse me, it is our part that we get in his word. Because in 1 Samuel, it talks about uh, uh, the story of David and Goliath. And before they put it up there, uh, you, you remember the story of David and Goliath, right? I mean, you got this little boy that's going out there, and Goliath and the Philistine army are coming out. I'm just putting it in a nutshell. Um, when it's the veggie tells, it's a big pickle, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever, it works. So uh, you have David and Goliath, and they're coming up here. And uh, for the most part, these, this Philistine guy, Goliath, is just trash-talking God's people, just laughing, mocking, and for days after days after days after days, it's happening. And David, and these guys are intimidated by him, and David, man, what's going on here? What's going on here? Why is this guy talking and defying the, God's army? Why is he talking trash like that? But here's the thing. While Israel's army, big guys, trained guys, while Israel's armies were intimidated, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm fighting a cold, but it's not mine in Jesus' name. When Israel's, uh, when uh, Goliath was uh, uh, intimidating Israel's army, while the midst of that was happening, little old David, little 12-year-old David, roughly 12 years old, was allowing God to breathe in him, give him life, spending time with him. Spending time with him. And what happens is that when it came time, David was ready for battle. David was ready because he allowed God to breathe life in him. People were were doubting him, but he knew who he was inside. And in 1 Samuel, check this out, 1 Samuel 17, 48, it says that the Philistine Goliath moved, here we go, moved closer to attack him. Okay, so when I think of Goliath, this tall guy, I think he sees the guy, all right, all right, you know, you come at me, thinking, you know, I'm a dog throwing sticks at me, check this out, I'm going to intimidate you, and he takes a step forward. The Bible just said that he moves closer to attack him, but check the next, next verse out. David ran quickly to the battle line to meet him there. Nothing stopped him. He was ready for battle. He got there before, before Goliath got there because he's not afraid. He had this sword ready to go. He knows that the life was given him, and he was just going to take this dude out quickly. His attitude was that because he meditated on it, on God's uh, word, and spent time with him day and night. He sprinted straight to him to put him in his place, and the rest was history. He's in our Bible. It's a great story, and you see here sermons uh, more and more. It was because he was equipped. He was ready. He was ready to go. Guys. The enemy is going to do that in your life. He's going to come and attack. But what he's going to do is he's going to take a step closer to intimidate you. 
try to look bigger and pull himself up, which he's not, by the way. He's going to take a step bigger or a step closer to attack. But when you have the breath of life living in you, when you approach scripture with value, when you know who your dad is, your spiritual father is, when you know that this foe has been defeated already, you are going to sprint and meet the devil there and say, no, 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 no. You are trespassing right now. Get behind me in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to share a little bit more about that story. I wasn't planning to, but if you, if you continue on in that story, and, you know, David did his thing to Goliath, and Goliath is now dead. You know what the next verse said? It said that the armies, first of all, Philistine armies, ah, gone. <laughs> they ran. Their hero was killed, which was no hero at all. Okay? But the army of Israel, God's people who were just intimidated, who were scared and letting this guy talk trash, it says they surged and pursued victory. They surged, they pursued, they ran, and they defeated. And it took one little 12-year-old boy to rise up an army. I think there's so much we can learn from David. But at the same time, Israel's, Israelites' army or Israel's army saw victory when, the, when, when the, um, Goliath was defeated. See, Jesus Christ already defeated the enemy. So we need to see the, the fact that he's defeated through his scriptures. So we can surge and pursue and move on the behalf of God's army because we are that. We are that. But it all starts on how we approach and how we value God's word. And I conclude it like this, guys. Know his word. Every head bow, eye close, please. For you to, for you to get this first step going, guys, Romans does talk, talk to us in 10.9. It says that you need to believe your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Now let's kind of cut that up just a little bit, okay? Believe in your heart. Believe what, Jesse? How about you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, gave you so much more behind that, but died for your sins, forgiven you, took your spot of punishment so he can give you all glory and honor and all your debt is paid. But not only that, because that's half the story. Three days later, he rose from the dead because death could not hold him down. Again, he defeated death. And that's why he came back to life. So you believe with your heart, but then you confess with your mouth. And this is where it requires our part. God just did his part, now it's our part. We come, and even though we don't feel it, it's not a feeling, it's an act of faith. We come. And we admit that we are sinners, that we have fallen short from God, God's glory. The Bible says, hey, I fixed that for you. All you have to do is confess your sin, and I will forgive you. And step one starts, the process of building your sword, the process of nurturing your relationship, because he will equip you. I made that choice 11 years ago, and I can testify it is too late for somebody to tell me, there is no God. It is way too late. Because I don't just want to know the scripture. I want to experience God. I want to experience. I want to encounter him. 
So on the count of three, here's your opportunity. Everyone's eyes closed. This is no one's business right now. Between you and God, you want him. Genuinely wanting him. Not playing church. I'm here every Sunday. No, I want Jesus Christ in my heart. I want to be forgiven. And I want to be set free. On the count of three, one. Don't be afraid, guys. Two. The enemy's going to try to stop you right now. But it's time to break that silence. Three. Raise your hand. Awesome. Awesome. You guys can put your hands down back there. Good job. Put your hand down. Yes. Yes. You know who you are. I'm going to give you about 30 more seconds. There's someone else in here that needs to genuinely come to Jesus Christ. They need that forgiveness. They think to God, good job. They think they're good because they know the word, but they've never experienced it. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Even the enemy knows my word, and he tries to twist it. God's saying, I want you to encounter and experience my goodness. Awesome. Put your hand down. Anybody else? Anybody else? This is for you. Awesome. Awesome. Now, here's your second, here's a second invite. You know Christ. You've encountered and experienced Christ. But man, lately it's just been like, mm, not there. I'm not talking about earthly problems. I'm talking about your relationship between you and God. Not earthly problems. Because once this is lined up, well, you and God, the rest takes its course. But you're saying, Jesse, today's a day I want to make it brand new. Well, God's going to make it brand new in my life, and I'm going to recommit to him. I'm going to recommit my vow to him and start fresh new. God's ready for you. On the count of three, one, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Great job. I'm telling you guys, God is here right now, and he's dwelling in the house of the Lord. And that house is your heart's this building, your hearts. This is a place we gather. But it's your heart that he's pursuing because that's where it starts. I want everyone that made a decision, whether you lift your hand or not, put your hand over your heart and I want you to mean this with all your heart. Just repeat after me. Say, God, Lord, I believe you and I believe your word. I may not understand everything and I may not see the big picture but my faith is in you and you alone. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me all the wrong I've done. And I ask you to forgive me today. And by faith, I reach out and I cling on to your mercy. Fill my heart. Love me as I love you back. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people says...